2: What's up guys, Mike and Mike from Mike and Mike Podcast, I gotta make this intro super fast, it's episode 133, but Mike and I are a day behind because Mike got snowed in, so we're gonna talk about odd time patterns and how to make them feel organic, our featured artist Mr. Tony Royster Jr., we're gonna check out some Sabian FRX series symbols, listener questions, pick of the week, let's get started. Two, three, four. <laughs> so I I did that this morning for some weird reason in the kitchen and Amber was like, "What was that?" And I was you, like, "What?" And she's like, "Why are you yelling?" And I'm like, "No, I'm, that's how you count abandoned." And you she's counted like, your life off today. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I can't remember what's going on, but I was uh, God. What was I doing? I, I just I just remember being in the kitchen, and I but I, it wasn't even like the way we do it. I really counted the band, and I was like, "One, two, three you know. And she was like, weird. "What the heck? <laughs> I know. I know. I think, and I I I think I was just getting pumped up for today's episode, oh, man. We I man. mean when you push it a day back because you get snowed in. Oh yeah. I'm antsy. I'm like, "Whoa. <laughs> whoa.
1: I'm something in my life is missing." How are you by the way? i dug out. We had a we had over 20 inches of heavy sloshy mashed potato snow on Wednesday. Oh, yeah, man. So that was I, brutal. Uh,
2: I heard Jim Cantori from the Weather Channel call it snow mud. He's snow like, mud. The snow is so thick; it's snow mud. Perfect description.
1: So, which meant a bunch of trees went down, power lines went down, everything was just mass chaos. It was like it was hard to describe, you know. Of course, I had to get back from the city Wednesday night, so that was an adventure digging my car out of the parking ride and then trying to make it home. I ended up parking at the bottom of my in downtown my my town and walking like a half mile to my house cuz I couldn't access really? the roads. Oh yeah. It was gnarly. Oh, wow, that's pretty real. <laughs> <laughs> definitely I'm sorry, not, definitely I... not sunshine and rainbows this past week. <laughs> oh, man. That is that's tough stuff, well. Yeah. Keep yeah. your head up, Buckaroo. Yeah. Well, whenever you wonder why us East Coasters have an attitude, that's why. Yeah. It's March. I, I, it's mid-March, and two feet of snow outside my door. Trust me. <laughs> every time I
2: visit the East Coast, I am like, I am like, I don't know how they're not more attitudey. This yeah. is crazy. <laughs> I remember uh, I did a, a a clinic run on the East Coast during winter, and my last gig was in uh, Boston. So, or somewhere, somewhere in the New England area. Anyways, after the thing, the my minor rep had to take me to the airport, and it was one of those crazy snow days, and as we're driving mm. to the airport, we're just kind of going up a few hills, there's just cars sliding off the road, yep. peeling off and spinning out, <laughs> and he's not even budging, and I'm freaking out, because uh. I was like, well, that I'm assuming that could be us, we're in a rental, we don't have any special tires, and... And he's, I'm like, what happens if, if that happens to us? He's like, then we hope someone helps us. And, <laughs> but it was like, no panic. And I'm like, oh, my God. Wow, you're lucky this you lucky you on movies. the I movies mean, I know. Oh, yeah. And then actually, I was on the tarmac for another three hours because there was so much snow on the wings that it was weighting the wings down. And they were that's de-icing the yeah. wings. I was like, good God. <laughs> this is. No, thank you. So now um, <laughs> I've got a West Coast. Uh, tour plan for the next 10 years I'm just going to yeah. go smart Between Sacramento and LA That's yep. my tour yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually I just got a uh, just got word that I'm I think I'm getting added to a, a Festival or something happening in Poland And I just Oof. I took it because I was like I've never been to Poland And then all of a sudden I was like what the hell's in Poland Like <laughs> where is Poland I just know the name but I don't know where it is I'm assuming they have cold winters too Yeah, I'm going to assume, I'm going to assume that there's definitely some coldness happening over there right now. (laughs) Uh, Okay, before we get into the things we need to talk about, I'm adding something to
1: our phrases. Our our do not say list? Yes, yes, so
2: (laughs) what do we have? We have side hustle, that's out. Side hustle was one, for me it was content when used inappropriately. Yes, um, creamy content was yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Okay. So, my, my, the one that I've, I've, I've been really putting a lot of effort back into YouTube in the last couple months. And I've actually been using YouTube, which I, it was kind of like the same thing as radio for me. After a while, I was so embedded in the YouTube world, I just had to take a break from it. I just got sick of, cause it's its own ecosystem really. I mean, it's totally, it's just a thing and it's got trends and I just had to take like a two year break. And that's where I put a lot of effort into Facebook, Instagram, and obviously my own website. Well, anyways, I've been back for a little while and what I can't handle anymore is crushing it in 2018. If you want to crush it in 2018 (laughs) with your creamy content, then you need to get on your side hustle and crush it in 2018. And I, I get it. I know I know all the Gary Vee stuff, but I can't handle crush it in 2018. You what know are you crushing? How about, I mean, seriously. Yeah, how about this? Crushing? Work your ass off. <laughs> Keep your head down. Work your butt off. And if something good happens, someone will tell you about it. But you don't need to just oh, cry. Yeah. I mean, what happens in 2019? Do you take a break? You only crushed it in 2018? <laughs> <laughs> like, just... just do things because you're passionate, do things because you love them and don't worry about the results or or giving
1: it a a title, crushing it. I mean, to me, that's just, you're being a little arrogant if you think you're crushing it already. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) I, I, I think
2: it should be more like, hey, make sure you feel behind the ball in 2018. <laughs> like you should always feel a little behind. Yeah, push you're the forward. worst one on the team. Get yeah, better. I mean, well, think about how we got better at music. We always tried to jam with the best musicians where we were the worst because we knew we had to keep up with them. Yeah, no, um, no, I'm I can't imagine. It. I'm
1: crushing it on my yeah. uh, <laughs> my drumming game. <laughs> I've got. Babe, no babe more I'll be to back learn. in an
2: hour. I'm gonna go crush it at the open mic. Love you. <laughs> All right, bye. No way. <laughs> no one's crushing it in 2018 Oh, oh
1: man Goodness gracious How's the new kit? Is, Let's talk about something there is positive a, yeah. How's the new yeah. drum set?
2: <laughs> Dude, it's, my new kit is crushing it yeah. in 2018 <laughs> There's no side hustle for the new kit oh, uh, All that yes, side uh, hustle, man You were able to afford a new kit Congratulations
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> It's funny really appreciate it <laughs> Oh my goodness Yeah, so new drum set same sizes that I've been playing. Uh, so we've got oh, huge announcement, Mister Dawson. What's that? Watch what's about to happen. I've got a fourteen by twenty bass drum. Hey, an <laughs> eight by twelve rack tom and a fourteen by fourteen floor tom, as well as a five by fourteen prototype snare drum. Now wait a minute. I've changed. Why? I have always said the drums the way that the tr- the company that I was endorsed by listed it on their website and ah, Gretsch has so when i was yeah yes dw for all those years was uh diameter and then depth but when i went to so and the only reason i did this is because as i was editing the unboxing video i listed out the sizes and i was like uh oh i wonder how Gretsch lists their sizes <laughs> i went to their website and sure enough
1: so just, i am now just say it again for forward. me one more time what are the sizes
2: yeah, you got it, buddy oh i've got a 14 Ah. Which makes you think of my snare By 20 <laughs> bass drum That's so right an, an 8 by 12 rack tom 14 uh. by 14 floor tom on legs And a 5 by 14 prototype snare drum So it's a USA Custom I know it looks like it's oak Or walnut or something like that But it's just a regular USA Custom Which is maple on the outside and the, insi- and the inner ply And then gumwood on the inside Of those plies And it's just in a finish called antique uh, It's antique maple gloss, Mm. which is a weird name for that finish because I don't see that as being antique maple whatsoever.
1: I don't even know what antique maple would look like, but I'm not an antique dealer, so I have no idea. I would
2: assume (laughs) if you had maple made for you in 1940, it would look like that now, but there's no way it would look this dark. So they call it antique maple. I love the finish. I wanted, I really wanted two things. There was a finish that I wanted and a drum that I wanted as far as the tone of the drums. So as far as the finish, I wanted a drum set that if somebody saw this drum set 80 years from now, they wouldn't be able to pinpoint the year that it was made because the finish was just timeless. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, cool, that's a drum set. I wanted a sound that was more modern than the broadcasters. I love the broadcasters, but I really... The two times I've been able to play a USA custom in my sizes were both in Nashville when I did the four stage practice method videos with Meinl, and then recently when I did the Man on the Moon stuff with Meinl. Both times it was a USA custom in my sizes, and it just it just fit. It was like okay, that's that's the in between of a brand new DW or a Gretsch Broadcaster. Mm, okay, it's not as modern and, and focused as the DW, and it's not as warm and and kind of flat as the broadcaster and it just it was perfect so
1: yeah so luckily this kit has that sound so well you gave us some audio should we drop it in now and check it out what is this yeah let's check it out so
2: this is just a little noodling from the actual unboxing video i haven't been able to post any content because gretch wants to put up the unboxing video first which will be coming out either today or this weekend so we can check
1: out a little of the audio all right let's take a listen So, question about tuning. Is this the exact same tuning as you did on your broadcaster? Because that rack tom sounds like it's really singing now.
2: Yeah. It's probably, I don't know, maybe a tiny bit looser on the top head, but okay. it's still cranked on the bottom head. And yeah, and, and this is the same miking technique, too. I mean, mm. this is just
1: one overhead. And it sounds like that rack tom's mic'd almost. Yeah. it sound, I can hear... I mean, I think it's consistent with just the kind of vibe you go for, but I hear just more more resonance, more tone. It just sounds more open. The broadcaster has I, a kind I of agree. more of a choked on a good way sound.
2: Yeah, so the broadcaster does have full round-over bearing edges. This has 30-degree bearing edges, and the broadcaster is a three-ply shell. This is a six-ply, and the broadcaster is maple poplar maple, and this is maple gum maple. So um, I, I, I noticed right away, I can tell you this. When I had band practice the other night, every time I'd play a fill, the band would look up at me right away and just <laughs> smile. And and then we were done and I'm like, what's going on? Like they're the same fills I've always played, and they're like, there's just it's just cutting through so much better. And I was like, oh, cool, man. And so I would just say they project a lot more. It's not necessarily louder. It's just it's I would say this, uh, for any of the audio people out there, it's just more of a V tone. It's okay. like EQ'd to have a V tone. So Less mids, the lows are lower, and the highs are higher. It's got more click and attack, and it's got more beef in the bottom end. Now, when's the last time you had your Brooklyn set up
1: to kind of have a reference point?
2: Well, I have my Brooklyns. I play them every day in my private lesson room, but I haven't put them on the stage in a while. So okay. I think that would be a—I definitely think the, U, the Brooklyn would be closer to the USA, mm-hmm. right? Um, I've, I've always seen it. All three kits are made in the U.S. I've always seen it as Broadcaster is as vintage as Gretsch can go. Brooklyn is in the middle and then USA is as modern as Gretsch can go out of their three U S kits, Right. So, well, yeah, especially, Oh, thanks man. I'm really excited. And I'm excited to get to know this kit. You know, there's some things that you have to do, at least that I have to do with a drum set before it becomes that bond that where it's like my kit. First thing it needs some scratches. I'm going to be playing (laughs) the hell out of the side of that floor, Tom. Um, I, I don't want any of my students or campers to be gentle. It's like, dude, it's a drum set. Play it. Um, so it needs some scratches. It needs to get through a couple camps of other people yeah. playing it. It needs a couple. This is probably, I, I think everyone can relate with this. It needs a couple head changings. Yeah. Right? Like you have to kind of change heads more than once to go, okay, I know what this drum does. I remember how how this bottom head always gives me trouble or whatever it is. Um so yeah, so I've got some some things to do with it, and to you, my friend, that snare on that recording is the prototype that you and I were kind of saying, that ah, it's just too thin. Mm. I switched out to the Brooklyn Hoops, and it's just killing. So. Really? That did it. There you yep. go. Yep. All right. Yep. It was a big hoop deal. So all right, you want to get into some education? Sure. Let's talk about I'm it. I'm not scared.
1: <laughs> I'm not scared. So we have the... The April issue is just out, I think. Let me take a look at the release date. Yeah, everyone should. If you're a subscriber, you should have it by now. It's available in stores. It's the issue with Tony Royster Jr. on the cover. We'll talk about him in a bit. But um, our good buddy Aaron Edgar did a piece on, he calls it, Organic eyed Time Patterns, a Smooth Method for Uncommon Phrases. So he kind of goes okay. through some of his ideas for how to make really weird patterns feel not so weird. So I thought we could just kind of share our own ideas on that. Do you know Aaron? Yeah. Yeah, I've gotten to know him really well since... He's been writing for us for a couple years now. Is that his drum room? Yeah, it's insane. With all the the sonar drums in the back wall. Wait, that's his room? Oh, yeah. That's his studio. Oh, dude. That guy... That guy could, if
2: anything goes wrong in his drumming career, you throw that wall up on eBay and you're set for life. Uh, yeah, he's got a heck th- of a... I thought that was mm-hmm. a rental place. No. I thought that was like a SIR or something. It's all his stuff. <laughs> Damn. My little dinky snare wall looks uh, looks like it got some East Coast yeah, shrinkage yeah. going on. He's got a heck have- a... <laughs> Uh, He's got to have more sonar drums than sonar. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I'm sure sonar probably contacts him and says, hey, we have an artist coming through town. Is there any way they can uh, rent one of your kits? That's all. Well, well, good for him. I'm going to park my jealousy on the side and we can talk about education. All right. Uh, Okay, so what he's talking about in this article, for those of you that haven't seen it yet, is just taking some odd time signatures that are missing one note that you're used to so in 11 8 think of it as phrased you can think of it as a 12 8 groove and he's just trying to make 11 8 feel almost as natural as 12 8 by displacing the backbeat or in 15 16 you're just missing one 16th note and he did a really cool thing by just taking every third 16th note and then at the end um uh Three eighth note triplets and giving you a at least how we counted it in the video was one e and a two e and a three e and a four and a one e and a two mm-hmm. e and a three e and a four and a one and that's really close to being evenly spaced right yep. yeah right so you can make fifteen sixteen if you do that and turn that into your eighth note you can make fifteen sixteen sound almost almost like four four and so I thought this was a, a really cool idea now you said we could talk about doing this ourselves I honestly. I would say when I play odd time, the only thing I do to make it feel less odd is I give it the Vinny implied quarter note pulse thing. Yeah, right. I don't really mess with the backbeats too much. I just kind of say, okay, my groove is odd and it's fitting the music. And now I'm going to overlay this pulse. That would, yeah, for eighth note based odd times, right? Yep. Yep. Good point. Yeah. So for anything in five, eight, seven, eight, nine,
1: eight. But um, you, you think of two bar phrases with the ride symbol kind of over the bar line second bar and resolving every other bar
2: yeah like I I think I thought of it originally when I first started trying to play whether it be seven days or uh, St. Augustine Hell I think I thought of it as oh he puts the ride symbol on the downbeat and then the upbeat right yeah Uh, because that's how it feels to us if we're feeling the seven or the nine or the five right Uh, or but then eventually I just realized oh well my right hands in seven four and the rest of my body's in seven eight and they'll meet up every two bars yeah
1: that's kind of and a good so, one.
2: To, you can kind of put your right hand on autopilot and not think about it too much. That's totally, a good one. Totally, totally. Um, I will say this. I I really don't play anything where the bottom number is a 16. And maybe because I just mm. generally play a lot of music that I don't want it to have that skip or that weird hiccup. I, I feel like bottom number with eight or in eighth notes uh, already has enough of a hiccup. Uh, but, I mean, a 15, 16, if you just play straight, Play fifteen sixteen. There's a definite
1: like record skip. Yeah, unless you do like, like what what Aaron says. If you group, if you play a, a, a groove based on three sixteen, then it actually kind of feels like right. five four or five right five whatever that would be five four would triple it as a subdivision. it's that's confusing enough. <laughs> so we, yeah, yeah he's got one e and a
2: two e and a three e and a four and a one e and yeah. a two e and a three e and a four and a one e and a, you know so. I think, really, all of this stuff comes down... <laughs> you guys can't see us, but Mike and I are both air drumming right now. Yeah, it feels and like both... it feels like
1: a triplet-based five to me.
2: Right. And the way he's written it is one E and a two E and a three E and a four E and a one E. But when he said it in the video, he did three eighth note triplets. Uh-huh. Because I remember that caught me off guard. Um, and that's fairly close to being evenly spaced. Yeah. Um, so... I think the key here with all of this odd time stuff, polyrhythms, metric modulation, is what kind of music do you listen to? What kind of music do you wish you were playing? And do you have a home for this? You should always have a reason to work on something. And that reason is 100% validated by you and your goals. So you can't tell anyone not to work on this stuff or, oh, this is worthless. It's like... Uh not if you're trying out for animals as leaders. You better have this stuff
1: down. Yeah. And so, it, it can always strengthen your sense of just time in general to work on it. I mean I, for me that I, I practice this totally stuff. Agree. Very rarely do I play odd times. A lot of times when I'm just messing around with ideas, you know, for whatever for my own stuff, it'll end up being in odd times. But I always have the caveat of I don't want to I don't want to start with a time signature. I just want to play and then what right. kind of time signature comes out. Uh, right usually ends up being an eighth-note-based odd time, and what I've found that I almost always do, which I know I stole from Dave Weckl's first video, Back to Basics, maybe, or Back maybe, to it was, basics. maybe it was the second one, is I divide the time signature into twos and threes, and whenever I get to the grouping of three, I basically play three over two. So the bass drum ends up subdividing that three into two pulses. Okay. So that just kind of wow. smooths it out makes it even. Or I'll play sure. the backbeat in the middle, so that grouping of three always just becomes a three over two polyrhythm. Hmm. So it ends Quickly. up being like. So if it's if it's seven eight and I put the three at the end, so it's two two three, I think of it as two two and then a slow two. Okay. One two so, three uh,
2: four uh, uh,
1: five uh, uh, six uh, one two, uh, two three
2: four Wow, that's really always. cool. That's
1: very different than always. how I play seven. That's yeah. cool. And usually the you know the the backbeat will land on one of those those extra duples that I'm superimposing. Right. Wow. Love it, man. That I kind love of, it. That helps yeah. me smooth it out. So I'm not always like counting and thinking, you know, it's, it becomes more of a phrase rather than a, a counting exercise. Well, and
2: that's that. I think that, uh, uh Dave Matthews gave us that, freedom in his, you know, because obviously drummers learned a lot about Dave Matthews because of how popular Carter was. And Carter was always giving us access to Dave through Carter's interviews. Carter would say, well, Dave tells me this and Dave tells me that. And I remember that was the one thing that always stuck out to me was that Dave wrote music and the phrase was up when the phrase was up. But there it it was irrelevant (laughs) if it was in 1716. Didn't matter at all. It's like, well, then make a groove. But this is my musical idea, and we're out of time, Then I'm going to start a new musical idea, <laughs> you know? And that was the time signature. And I think that that type of thing would be really cool for a lot of drummers. Sit down on the kit, exactly what you were saying. Sit on the kit, make something that you like the sound of, and then reverse engineer to find out, oh, I guess this is in nine. It's like, all right, I guess it's in nine then.
1: But as long as it sounds good. Um, now, but I think. What, so when if, oh, go ahead that's probably something we should probably talk about our own methods for that kind of stuff when i'm trying to come up with the original ideas i don't think of the drum part i actually sing to myself either a bass line or some kind of a vamp or i'll just okay. play something on one of my electronic pads and and it ends up being something that's not on 4-4 i don't think i have ever sat down at the kit and just played drums and then okay. let stuff develop so it might be more difficult for someone who doesn't know how to play a bass or keyboards or think yeah. in that way. But I'm always well, just yeah, kind of going some kind of a line. For me,
2: I definitely I sing a line, but it's because I don't play any other melodic instruments. The line I sing is drum-based. So I might sing, mm-hmm. And I go, oh, I think that's in three one E and a a three E and a one E and a two you know uh, but that's kind of how it would start for me is and I don't know sorry I'm just checking to see if somebody walked in the door Um, (laughs) intruder alert are going to steal your I'm (laughs) I'm expecting a package so I can't lock the door for this podcast but I also can't see the door so when I hear something I'm like you don't have cameras at this point how
1: many cameras you got in that place you don't have one pointed at the door (laughs) Let's not tell the whole world that I don't have
2: a security system Alright Dawson I have lots of security, I just keep the door locked All the time, but right now I need a package to be delivered man uh, <laughs> The laser <laughs> beams need, are off I need 8 pounds Of the green It just happens to be tea for me <laughs> Green tea So, uh, all right. so yeah so, uh, But w- when doing all this stuff with odd time, I think what Aaron's getting at is don't don't make the backbeat always on two and four and then run out of time. displace the backbeat either closer together or further apart so that the time signature feels more natural. Um, yeah
1: yeah, I, thought, I think it's it's important not to think, okay, if it's fifteen then I'm gonna play groupings of four and always outline the one. Well, you don't have to do that. you could group right. in groupings of four with an extra where you're cutting one off but then within those fours you can accent the threes and create all these right. other subtext of of counter rhythms yeah. and stuff it's crazy yeah specific. or yeah I, I
2: totally agree or i mean if you have um a kick on a kick and snare and they're displaced by five sixteenth notes in a two-bar phrase it'll feel like four four yeah right Right, if you're going one E and a two E and a three E and a four E and a one E and a two E and a three E and a four E and a one E and a two E, and you could just do that. But if you did that in 15, 16, it would only take two bars to get back to the kick being on the downbeat. Right, right. So, yeah, this I think it really just comes down to finding the balance between mathematics and music.
1: True. Yeah, I guess that's the challenge, right? And isn't that maybe what music is? I think it, it I mean, is essentially the whole point of it. I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think because I mean, if I think about the people that are just artists and don't care about the math at all and don't care about the theory, it does sound sometimes a little too artsy for me. And when I think about the people that only obsess on the math, it doesn't have enough art and it feels too stale to me. And the people that find the uh, great example would probably be uh, Aaron Sterling he has all the feel yeah. in the world and knows all the math in the world and then it just turns into this you know incredible thing that everyone respects
1: yeah i think yeah exactly do we you... just solve everything <laughs> well Sweet. i mean I, I do think it you know it, it kind of points to our taste and aesthetic and which way do you lean do you do you like the more heady yes. complicated mental exercise music or do you like the i don't know what the hell's going on but it just kind of gives me an emotional experience kind of music and right. like where's the spot in the middle where they they meet up which side and, of and that really, do you sit on
2: Yeah where is your spot in the middle because it's yeah. not going to be the same as mine and then and then where do the the people that you idolize the most I think what's fun is finding out wow man like Mark Juliana is a great example of, wow, I had no idea you were this heady. I really thought you were all just art when I didn't know him as a person. Mm -hmm. And then to find out like, wait, so you know everything you're doing and you practiced it and it was very structured. It's like, wow, you don't your music is so just free. It doesn't I wouldn't think that it was that structured, Um, not the music, but the practice to lead to the music. Yeah. right. And uh, so finding out what you're. What your idols are into is, is very cool, too. Awesome. Well, everyone, check out Aaron Edgar's article. It's called Organic Odd Time Patterns, and it is in the, in the uh, rock perspectives area of the new issue of Modern Drummer. It's pretty yeah. awesome.
1: Those are some really difficult exercises, so those are fun to kind of dig into. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's
2: what I suggest you do. Do what everyone does. Watch him play them, and then just... Just turn the video off and be like, yeah, cool, I got it. <laughs> you know you don't, but as long as you feel like you do, that's all right. <laughs> all right, let's talk about our featured artist who, uh, holy hell, Yeah, he's just been on fire since the day he arrived on the scene at the, what was it, the 97 Modern Drummer Festival? Uh,
1: it might have been. He was on the cover in January of 2000. So okay. that was after he spent a few yeah. years kind of killing the scene. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and uh, you could even hear in, who who announced him? Was it Rick Van Horn? Probably, yeah. Probably. So, yeah, and you can hear in his voice, he goes, like, Tony's done with his solo. And Rick's like, Tony Royster, Doly totally Jr. <laughs> like, he's just, like, totally beside himself because no one, I mean, he was a kid. How could, we had no social media. No one knew who he was. And he showed up on this big old Dennis Chambers kit yeah. with 8 10 12 13 14 15 16 17 nine splashes <laughs> yeah. and just I mean I still watch that video and think what a well formatted solo that was Yeah exactly was unbelievable just I mean, really cool so I mean that was his his entrance but what's amazing is he's now touring with one of the biggest pop stars on the planet and he's in arenas every night, but he's not out there blazing chops and blazing solos. He, I mean, he proved to us between the Modern Drummer stuff and the Gospel Chops DVDs, between that and then the Jay-Z gig where he literally held down hip-hop beats every night in an arena. Yeah. And Jay-Z's shouting, give the drummer some, and, T- and Tony's just playing a beat. He just showed, like, I can be as professional as you will ever need me to be.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's just incredible. You yeah, know? it's funny because, I mean... Soon as we posted on social media, like we've got Katy Perry's Tony Roycer Jr. on the cover. It just the comments were just amazing. Just <sighs> what well, you don't waste his time with that gig. I'm like what? <laughs> uh what <making laughs> <a> huge living? <laughs> yeah. I mean, how about it's the one of the most high prof- profile gigs on planet Earth and yeah. it's not like you can just show up and play the gig. I mean, he's controlling all of the sonics Good of luck. the rhythm tracks. So yep. like he even says in the story, if he doesn't get if he doesn't hit the drums in a, you know certain sequence, like things are just out of control. It goes well, I can, nuts. I, I watched a bunch of the stuff because Amber went and saw
2: them, or saw. To me, it's like she went and saw Tony Royster, but she thinks she went and saw Katie Perry. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, but her and her girlfriends went to the concert and. I didn't go with them. I did go with her to Taylor Swift, so I'd seen that, but I didn't uh, see Katy Perry. And so I was wondering, I wonder what the show's like now. It must be just insane. And I watched a bunch of YouTube videos this morning of Tony playing with Katy Perry. And the stage production, it's it's like touring with Cirque du Soleil. It's out of control, you know? And so to have all that going on and knowing, hey, if you just get a little sloppy on the drums... There's twenty five people that could fall down, yeah, right exactly you know they're on stilts. <laughs> they're like you don't you don't just like drop a little metric modulation on them like it's uh. a it's a gig and a half. so i, I think that it's just a testament to Tony that we know what he can do. We see all of his sound checks on his Instagram channel. Mm-hmm. We know that he can if anybody ever wants to get into into the octagon with Tony on a drum set good luck. There's four or five people that I would even put a little money on. But I mean, we know that he is one of the most physically talented drummers on the planet. And then he does this gig and he does it with a smile on his face and he's happy and he's and he's holding it down. And that the thing is, the Jay-Z gig probably at some point led to a gig like this. And then and I mean, you know, he took over for Adam, who was with Katy Perry since the beginning. Adam yeah. was
1: with her on the warp Tour back right. in the day. Well, I, so, and I think he's on American Idol with her now, so he's, he's yeah. congrats for that. That's an awesome gig, too. And Adam's—we uh, we should definitely
2: cover <clears throat> Adam in the future because he's a great guy. Um, but so this gig, what people probably don't understand as well is Tony's going to be playing drums for the rest of his life. He won't be playing for Katy Perry for the rest of his life. So it's important that this gig opens the door for the next gig. And if— yeah. I mean, look at Brian Fraser Moore. Yeah, that thing exactly. won't end, all because he held down the gig and did his job and was 100% professional. Yeah. And yeah, he's still out with the biggest stars arch- in the world. Yeah, he's
1: the archetype. Him and, and Little John Roberts are like the archetype of how to keep the gig. <laughs> yeah, know.
2: and turn it into the next gig that's bigger than the last gig. You're right, right. You know, I mean, so I think that Tony is doing that. Now, do you actually know Tony? I've I, He's one of the
1: few drummers I've never met. Nope. Never met i mean i've i've experienced him firsthand at PACIC when he was a little boy and made me want to quit right. and yep. uh, i bought the common ground dvd with dennis and i still to this day don't know whether dennis held back because he wanted to give tony the spotlight or if he was afraid to get embarrassed <laughs> like i was, right. really yeah, didn't know
2: <laughs> right i'm with you man uh actually i met tony once i met him at the shop that i was teaching at i was maybe 18. And he came in there at about maybe, maybe I was 17. He was like 10 Mm -hmm. came in with his mom. He lit up like three kits and they left. And (laughs) I was like, what just (laughs) happened? And then two years later I buy the modern drummer DVD and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's that kid that made us all look stupid. Um, but you know, he's, he's a freak and I just love the fact that I remember watching the modern drummer thing and thinking, "Well, he won't be here in six more years because he'll. Where are you going to go from here? He's, he's going to quit. Yeah. yeah, he's going to play soccer or he'll, you know, become a lawyer. He'll do something else. He's not going to do this. And sure enough, he's here and he's still owning the scene.
1: You yeah, know? And, I mean, yeah. and yeah, frankly, where where do you go? He did all the major festivals as a as a teenager. <laughs> as a, right. I mean. What more do you need to do in the drum world? I mean, it's time to start making music with the real artists and get out there. Right.
2: Yeah, and I think it's pretty cool. And I I actually saw him play at the GC Drum Off like three or four years ago with Tori Kelly, and it was fantastic. You know, He was the featured artist, but when he did his solo stuff, it was incredible and it was very Tony Royster. But when he played with Tori Kelly, it was really good, and you could just tell like, wow, that's a rare talent. There's so few drummers that can do what he can do on the drum set and still have the musical taste to really, I, I would assume maybe that comes back to his teachings from Dennis. You know,
1: yeah, right. Yeah, How this, to be a musician. True. Dennis can really lay it down when he needs to as well. Yeah, right. He's got he's got the magic touch, which is kind of the rare. Mm. I think that's the born gift with for me with Tony Royster. He's got the magic touch. Everything he hits just feels sounds effortless, even yeah. when he's really going for it. And you know, it's kind of. I don't get that from every drummer that has amazing chops. Sometimes it feels very physical and kind of like painful. Oh no. I feel like
2: I feel like there's some bull crap going on with his floor toms where I'm like, there's no way they're that low and he's getting that much response from them. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I can't handle that maybe he actually practiced and he put hard work into it. <laughs> I have to steal his talent somehow by saying, yeah. like, no, He's got some heads that I'm just not privy to. Um, (laughs) Because, yeah, I mean, he'll be flying around on the 16 and 18, and his sticks are flying up like he's hitting trampolines, but they're super low-tuned, you know? Yeah,
1: and it's just Um, effortless, just the flow. That, for me, I love his Instagram when he's kind of goofing and, like, playing, like, here's me really getting into a groove, and he's being goofy, but it still sounds and feels flawless. Like, even when you're being goofy and making fun of guys who, like, overhyped their basic beats, you still sound, like, amazing like the one of the best it's annoying yeah it's beautifully annoying well congrats to tony on
2: all of his success and uh um yeah check him out he's not hard to find on youtube (laughs) (laughs) like type in T-O-N, and then probably right after Tony Robbins, Tony Royster comes up. So I would, I would
1: suggest that if you haven't, try to find that Modern Drummer Festival performance or his, oh, first, his first video, which came out in 99, which is called Common Ground. That's with Dennis. Mm-hmm. And then check out something more recent. You can see kind of the gifts that he had at that age and then where he's gone with it now. It's, it's very inspiring, humbling, and also I just think it's just amazing. It's just downright amazing. Yeah.
2: Agreed, agreed. All right, well, let's talk some some gear. Uh, Well, This might be like, you might have to, I don't know, you might have to, you, wow, I'm crushing it in 2018.
1: (laughs) Crushing with the word salad. Yes,
2: I am. I, I got Grammarly installed on my computer, and now I just don't even need to speak anymore. It'll just fix everything. Okay, you might have to help me with this. You are the one that reviewed these symbols, right? I did, and I've got them still here in my office. Okay, and I was confused. I thought these were, and this is just because I only saw little snippets of marketing, I thought these were Sabian's version of a quiet symbol, meaning like a practice symbol, but I think I'm wrong. These are just quieter symbols for, this isn't like a
1: silent symbol, right? These actually make tone. Yeah, no, so there is definitely confusion Confusion because they also have a version that's very similar to the... the- the, um, what are they called? The Zildjans. The, um, the style, no. Yeah, I the don't low, know. The, whatever. The L- ones yeah, that are, low volume. <laughs> the low volume symbols. So They do have a version of that. I think it might be called Quiet Tone or something. I should have Googled it before we started, but I didn't. Um, I'll do that now. Sabian. So this is probably
2: from them trying to make a quiet practice symbol. I'm assuming that maybe that that spawned this, where they thought, okay, well, what about the halfway point between a regular symbol and a quiet symbol? Wouldn't yeah. that be great for
1: gigging in low volume situations? Yep. I mean, I didn't I didn't okay. ask anyone at the company about that, but my assumption would be, hey, we're going to do all this drilling. Why don't we mess around and see what happens when we only do a small band or just drill near right. the bell, and what does that do to the sound? And use like yeah. like good quality bronze. What does that have? What happens? So these the quiet tones are the practice symbols. Those are the ones that you know have almost no sound but they still feel like symbols. These are called the FRX series which are actually made of B20 bronze and oh, wow. they, they have um, I'm looking at the photos now. So the ride symbol has like you know like a, a band of small holes that go around the bell and then a small band that goes around the edge and then the crashes have just the band that goes around the bell. The hi hats are are almost normal. They just have one band around the bell. Mm. Uh, so what they did, and what the what the the idea was, if you put the holes at certain spots, it's going to eliminate certain frequencies, which is going to in turn cause a less harsh sound. So okay, they're not necessarily quiet symbols. They just they're just missing like chunks of frequencies that make them not sound it would as
2: normally loud. make them cut through music yeah, you don't and other perceive
1: things. them as being as loud even though they still produce normal cymbal sounds
2: okay
1: uh, Okay. so so now I'm going to take back because I was like they
2: failed I thought these were the quiet ones and I was like they're no. not that quiet I watched your video no I told and then I read your description and I'm like yeah he's dancing around the issue man these are- <laughs> I read the whole article <laughs> okay so the FRX and the quiet tones are totally separate totally things. separate yep the quiet tones That's, are the practice symbols made by Sabian. Exactly, these are performance symbols that happen to be missing some of the mid mid range frequencies that allow you to maybe play like a singer songwriter gig without having to be so delicate on your symbols.
1: Yeah, or I mean, yeah, I, I see them being great for like small rehearsal rooms when just the symbols mm-hmm. just kill you because it's mm-hmm. you know crushing the walls and coming right back at you. Uh, churches. Um, just certain situations great. when when you want to be able to play because you, you want to get a nice crash tone but you you if you hit it too hard on the normal symbol it just blows everybody away so I was a little skeptical just for my own like I've practiced touch and dynamics I'm like ah, why do I want symbols that that do that for me <laughs> yeah, right. no. yeah, yeah 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 but <laughs> that putting that ego aside they actually do exactly what they're designed to do there is some some high mids and stuff that's just gone it's just not there. And gotcha. you can't really tell when you just hit them. Like, you play them, they sound like cymbals. They're, you know, they, they sound like thin cymbals. But I took them to a, a, a rehearsal with a, a loud modern rock band with, like, two half stacks and, and all that stuff blazing. Uh, and it was really totally different experience. So just playing really? them in my studio, at my kit, under microphones, they just felt like thin cymbals. But okay. when I played them with the band, when I hit the crash at a certain point, there was no more sound coming out. It just was like, there's a crash sound and I can keep hitting it harder and harder and it's just not going to go any higher. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Which was kind of neat. Right. Uh, I've definitely felt like I better be careful these things are going to split down the middle if I hit them too hard. Just because I was trying to get more sound out of them, but they're designed to not do that.
2: Right. It sounds (laughs) like you could take them very much so to the wrong gig. Yeah, exactly. And you need to know why are you buying these cymbals? And I think... It's one of those things that it has to be like, I love my whatever. Let's say uh, I've got a full set of Peisty 2002s, and I love them, but I can just never play them quiet enough. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah. Here, here you go. Here's the answer. Or so, you can never well, get a
1: nice full open sound from them because you have to hit them. You can't hit them, them hard so enough. so soft.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And like they, your- they take a certain velocity to open up. Yeah. Uh, well, let's uh, listen to them
1: real quick. So they have that like flashy attack,
2: which is nice. Yeah, those are great. I mean, now that I know what they're meant to be, I feel a little bit better because I was like, yeah. "Those are way <laughs> loud to be like in your bedroom with practice pads." <laughs> yeah. But now that I know what they're for, they're I, they're fantastic.
1: I think probably for me, I would caution against these being like your only set of symbols because then when you get confronted with a a normal quote unquote normal crash. And you really smack it, you're gonna be like, whoa, what just happened? I just got all the yeah. sound I wasn't expecting. But I think if you do a lot of, I think church gigs and that kind of stuff is where these would be perfect. Where you, where, you know, a lot of that contemporary Christian music, the drums kind of need to be pretty up front. But if right. you play with any kind of authority and hit a normal 18 inch crash, it's gonna just be way too much.
2: I could see it too, especially when you're playing on uh, some of the rides. Like I could see it being maybe you only own one of the symbols, and it's the one you take with you to the gig where you're using a, ca- a cajon with a kick pedal and yeah, that type of thing you know so I, I think that they will stick around and have a, a use for sure and uh, uh, yeah man they, they sounded good especially now that I know what they do <laughs> yeah that's they're not practice symbols. Sense. that's
1: definitely the distinction they're not practice symbols. maybe rehearsal symbols, but I wouldn't call right. them practice symbols. Very cool. Well, they sound fantastic.
2: All right, everybody. Those are the Sabian FRX symbols. And if you want to hear the entire thing and watch Mr. Dawson play them, you can just check that out at moderndrummer.com. It is
1: time to get into the listener questions. All right. So I want to try to blaze through the last remaining old stack. So we have, because I printed out about 200 fresh <laughs> questions. No way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. We need to do an all question episode yeah, this we, month. We have to yeah. do that soon. Right, and we so, need to
2: do a lightning round, too. So it's just like, answer in 10
1: seconds, no tangents, go. All right, let's try to make this one relatively quick. So this is coming from Um uh, Let's see, he's still, let's, this came in. Okay, he's probably still a 16-year-old drummer. <laughs> he wants to play professionally, um, and he wants to make a career doing gigs, sort of in the vein of Mark Juliana, where it's you know more of a creative project. Uh, so my main question is, Um, I was thinking of going to, he says, the Birmingham Conservatory and studying jazz, but I don't know if there will be anything to come after that. Any help on how you two or other drummers did it slash studied to get where they are or where you are? I think Mm -hmm. this is sort of a question we've answered before about music school. Mm -hmm. Um, My opinion is, Go to music school if you live somewhere where there's no scene and you need to get part of a scene. Go to music school; you're going to meet tons, tons of musicians. I still play gigs and work with with horn players and guitarists that I met in college. Um, that that would be kind of the main benefit. Otherwise, and don't pay too much money for it. <laughs> so get a scholarship. Yeah, that's study the, hard. Yeah. <laughs> so, so get,
2: yeah, if you're 16, you got time. Practice your rear end off and uh, make it happen. Um, but I think I, I agree with you. By the way, uh, Drum Gear Review just tweeted us and said, "Excuse me, where the hell is my free podcast?" <laughs> <laughs> Mike got snowed in. Sorry, Drum Gear Review. There's a shout oh, out. Oh, I know who that is. <laughs> too. At, least, at least he was. At least he's able to say, uh, "I am currently bitching about the fact that I'm not getting something for free." So I appreciate that. All right,
1: <laughs> it's coming, man. Be patient. Yeah, we got snowed now. Here. All right. Next (laughs) one comes from Michael. Um, This is in reference to we were talking about building the snare drum collection, uh, but we didn't quite answer all of his questions. Could you discuss how the different shell materials affect the sound and give a reference? Um, We can Mm -hmm. probably do this quickly. I think the caveat is you can make any snare drum sound however you want with heads and tuning and dampening. Uh, Agreed but let's, let's kind of go bright to dark in the metal side. Okay. Let's start metal. What would you say the most bright metal drum for you would be? I would
2: be? say probably uh, brass or chrome over brass. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm leaving out any crazy drums. I, I just assume that a lot of people don't have access to copper and bronze. You, know, okay. you could get that. But just. Um, but I also think that uh, brass or chrome over brass has some body to it. You can get a lot of brightness out of just a steel drum, but it's, yeah. it's kind of clanky.
1: Yeah, Right, exactly. Yeah. So steel for me would be the one that has all the high-end brass right. would be the one that has a, a balanced of frequencies.
2: Um, then aluminum for the flat kind of just... I mean, it can do anything, but it it seems like aluminum drums really just love being detuned and just going...
1: Yeah, sh- exactly. You know? I think of aluminum as kind of like if you want a vibey kind of 60s-sounding snare drum, That's that's yeah. the show. So on the wood side... I mean, the harder the wood, the brighter the tone. So I would put ebony at the brightest of the yeah, woods for sure. Um, stuff yep. more readily available, birch. I would say if it's birch. good, if it's good birch, I would put that at the the bright yeah. side. Maple, I think we've said many times, is kind of the do all. Yeah, and I then, think
2: really if you were if you're starting a snare collection, the first two drums would be a great metal drum and a great maple drum. So I would probably have. A brass snare drum or like a ludwig black beauty like a, a nickel over brass or black nickel over brass and then i would have a, a nice maple drum and yeah. um and i think that probably for me if you if you lean more to the fusion jazz side things uh five and a half is a super versatile size uh, mm-hmm. And then, if you lean more to the to the rock and funk, six and a half is a versatile size. But Mike proved in the sugar per, uh, sugar drums that you can the you know the depth it's deceptive. Yeah, once you go beyond a certain level. For me, I, what I have noticed from the drums here is depth. The one thing that I can definitely tell on every drum and its depth is depth gives me a little bit of volume. My yep. six and a halfs are louder drums than my four.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. However, we define louder. Anyway, moving on.
2: <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> it's starting. Oh. Well, we didn't
1: talk about. It. I would think the darkest wood drum would be a mahogany or something that's very soft, poplar. Yes. So, I think for wood drums, you got to look at the hardness of the actual wood being used. Harder the wood, the higher the pitch, the more cut. But uh, how will we define higher? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, next one is from Jerry. Uh, he's looking at buying some cymbals. He doesn't have access to a lot of stuff where he is. So his question is, mm. how do I know what to trust based on online audio and video samples? How seriously well, should I take that? We them? are
2: very, very lucky that uh, the side the side hustle of Memphis Drum Shop, um, <laughs> which was mysymbol.com, but I think it's now all just memphisdrumshop.com, right? I, don't I know. think <laughs> anyways, we are very lucky that they started doing what they did a few years ago, which was they recorded every single symbol they had. So you are buying that symbol from them. You weren't buying that model. You were literally buying that symbol. And they did that with an overhead and a bass drum mic. And we really lucked out that they did it that way because that became the standard. And now everyone, all the shops are kind of doing like, hey, here's a very non colored recording of yeah. our symbol. I would say this, find the symbols you like. Go to you know the dealer that has them online that you want to get, and then also listen to it on the company's website. Somewhere between those two sounds is what that symbol actually sounds like.
1: Yep, yeah. and then it's always going to sound different when you play it in, different in rooms. your room. Yeah, it's just the way yeah. it is. Uh, but I, I order a lot of stuff online. I I even going back totally. to the '90s when I got my first k-custom medium ride i just ordered it i didn't even i just called up the i think it was drums on right. sale and i just called them up and ordered it and it was it sounded exactly what i thought it was going to sound like so.
2: you know honestly most of the cymbals i ordered or drums that i ordered before endorsements were from live videos of the drummers of the artists that played it and i was yeah. like well this is a live recording that person sounds amazing that means <laughs> right. that the drum is capable of that if yeah. i could just play it with the touch that that person did Okay, next one comes
1: from Curtis. This is related to what we are just talking about, but we could probably summarize it. What should one look for in a maple snare drum? Mm Hmm,
2: but it sounds good. (laughs) Uh Yeah, I I mean, that's so tough because it it all comes down to what you think a drum should sound like. Um, you You know, but I mean, okay, so a maple snare drum, what I'm looking for out of a maple snare drum is a good smack I want smack out of it um, And I I think We are way brainwashed to think That maple drums or wood drums Don't have overtones They have tons of overtones yeah, I find that my maple drum has more overtones yeah. So what I want out of it is I want those overtones to be pure If I did my job with tuning and I have a decent drum head I want the overtones to be pure I don't want a cheap maple drum where I'm hearing Wah 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 you know, And reflections mm-hmm. and I just want it to be a pure tone and i want to know like okay i can keep those or i can put it on one piece of gaff tape and shut it shut those down yeah um
1: what about you buddy um i think i look for the density of the tone like a really cheap maple drum is going to sound hollow and boxy and you're never going to Mm -hmm. get it to sound full so i just you know i resist the urge to buy cheap wood shell snares because inevitably they're just there's something hollow missing. So, right. you want denser, high quality wood. That would be it. It's going to give you just more of a chesty. It's hard to describe with words, but you know when you hear it. Yeah, kind of absolutely. More chesty, kind of more air. It pushes more air. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, can you please <laughs> say
2: chesty one more time? Should I hit my chest? <laughs> chesty. Uh huh. Yeah. All right, yeah. we got three more.
1: Let's, let's blaze through them. We got Joel here. Whoa. Um, He is looking for a suggestion. He has an SM58. And he's going to use um, two mics. So what interface would you recommend? So he's got... It it won't matter, honestly. I I don't
2: think it'll matter, unless you're going big. I mean, if you're going to go with, what's uh, the company that you
1: use? I have um, the Apollo, the Universal Audio Apollo 8P. Yeah, didn't they just release like a one-channel or a two-channel? Yeah, they've got uh-huh. like a twin or something like that. I
2: mean, yeah, I mean, if you're going to spend a ton of money, that's great. But honestly, with you're using a vocal mic, an SM58 vocal mic, as one of your mics. So I would say at that level, just get a decent two-channel interface. Um, M-Audio makes some great ones. Um, uh, Lion 6 makes them. So as long as you have decent ones with decent preamps, you're going to be fine. Yeah. I would say... If anything, I could deal with a decent two channel interface, and I would rather have good mics. I'd rather spend my money on good mics. Once I had good mics, then I could eventually upgrade the
1: interface. But yeah, His, his second mic is the Audio Technica 2020.
2: Yeah, so cut. that's a $99 mic, so yeah. I would put the Audio-Technica right over your kit, get it kind of far, that microphone, all $99 large diaphragm mics don't have high SPL, sound pressure level, so get it you know, a few feet above the kit, don't put it right down on the drum set, <clears throat> maybe three to four feet above the drum set. That'll be your drum sound. Make sure it's. Make sure you mess around with it as far as where it's centered, so you get a good mix between rack kick or rack snare and floor tom. And then I would put the uh, fifty-eight. You can put it in the kick. I mean, they have decent SPLs on those, so you can put it in the kick or in front
1: of the kick. Yeah. All right. I think I. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. I think the <laughs> the one point not to overlook is make sure the interface has mic preamps because there are still some that don't actually have mic prees
2: good point
1: better good point. just for yep. like plugging a guitar or something
2: in and you will need uh, phantom power for the audio technica 2020 right
1: um okay so this one john this is from john um he says i have a small area in my home that i'm able to practice in um, along with practicing i would like to play along to records but i'm not sure how to go about it without the music blasting my family out of the house uh I figure playing with headphones is the best approach, but if my drums aren't mic'd, the headphones kill all the sound from the drums. I can't find a happy medium. Um, so he's asking, should I buy a microphone and a, and a laptop and a like a USB mic and go through my laptop to do this or what, you know, what suggestions? Uh,
2: th- there's a few things. You could try, <clears throat> if you want to do an all-in-one solution, you could do the Yamaha EAD-10 that you and I are going to review um, in the future. Yep. Because uh, that will allow you to play everything off of your phone and mix it with with the microphone that the EAD ten is. The EAD ten is this microphone that just sticks right on your bass drum and it mics your whole entire drum set. So you could do that, um, or you could do what you're doing right now and yeah, get a. I wouldn't I wouldn't get an interface from a laptop. I would just get a two channel mixing board. Those things are like sixty bucks. Yeah, I'd put one. I put the you know Audio Technica twenty twenty into that, so you just capture your whole kit and then put your whatever your sound
1: sources into channel two, and then you go headphones out and you're done.
2: Yep, there you go.
1: All right, last one from Dennis. He has a nineteen sixty eight Ludwig kit with a second sixteen by sixteen floor tom. Uh, He says I would like to be able to use a sixteen as an auxiliary bass drum. Yeah, um, Tree says he knows that Trick has a product that allows you to do that. Um, but the mounting bracket must be fixed onto the lugs. So he's looking for other options that maybe are less permanent.
2: Yeah, you mean so he's is he just looking mainly for a cradle? I would assume DW made an awesome cradle for a long time. I don't know if they still make it. Um, yeah, I don't know either.
1: I've had the Pearl Jungle conversion kit since since 1998, and it's been amazing. So that comes with like a one of their iss mounts or whatever they are so it just it just clamps to the hoop you don't actually have to do any kind of hardware swapping and it has a bracket for the pedal and it comes with two spurs that go into the floor tom leg brackets and boom done and there you go the net also has
2: one um let's see here Uh, i was gonna send you a message but yeah uh here we go check this out buddy Um, So yeah, DW also has their, they call it the DW adjustable bass drum riser and no hardware needed. You just um, adjust all the legs and put your floor tom in there and, and it's got a, it's got the place that your bass drum pedal would mount to and everything.
1: Uh, Oh yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. So there's a few. And I think the Dunnet is called R class conversion kit. Um, Look that up on Sweetwater too while I'm there. Yep. Check out Sweetwater.com <laughs> <laughs> to get candy in your box. Yeah, and let's make sure the Pearl uh, Jungle Conversion or whatever the heck it's called. Let's see what that's called. That one's been awesome. Yeah, that one is $37. Okay. And it comes with the – what it doesn't come with, it looks like, is the actual suspension mount. So you have to buy the ISS mount separate. But that's like $31, so – you know for under 100 bucks you can convert your floor tom into a bass drum with no permanent changes to the hardware there you go that's it boom all right that's all the, our folder is finally empty of months old questions so uh, awesome <laughs> we will do an all listener question episode very soon i love it cuz i've got love a it. good half a pound of paper left to get oh. through goodness gracious all <laughs>
2: right it's time for our picks of the week uh
1: do you have one or do you want me to go I have one uh, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, someone was asking about a solution for having click tracks on the gig where you could change very quickly, like there's minimal time in between songs. Um, I had suggested you might want to use Ableton Live with a laptop, but I forgot that the Pro Metronome app, which I use all the time as my primary metronome, has a really great set list feature that you can put all your songs for your, your show in there. You can set it in stage mode and all the tempos are right in front of it. You. you can just click them, and within half a second, it's playing the next tempo. You can also okay. set it up to repeat—you know, go through your set list an exact number of repeats. So, if you play your songs exactly the same every night, and you know it's 90 measures, then you can set it to 90, and it'll go to the next song right away. Uh, it's nice. cool. I think it was a couple bucks to get the unlocked Pro version. There's a free version; It doesn't have all the features. Just do it. Just do it, just just pay it. the three dollars. It's Mike and I amazing. had to go
2: down and get the Boss Dr. Beat Rhythm For like a hundred bucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why, like, I've got like 26 metronomes that I've paid $1.99 to $3 for, and I still haven't come up to what it took me to buy one metronome back in the 90s. Yeah, so,
1: exactly. So that's my pick that, of the week. Pro-metronome <laughs> app. Get
2: it. Get it. All right. <laughs> mine is something that's probably been both mine and Mike's picks of the weeks in past episodes, but haven't used it in a long time. And I wanted to make sure my new drum set was absolutely singing to its maximum potential. And what's crazy is Mike mentioned it when he heard the audio. And I used uh, the TuneBot, which I haven't used in a while. Okay. it's It's been here. And I just said, you know what? Let me just make sure I'm not doing this by ear. Let me make sure this is really as in tune as possible. And I just forgot how great that thing is if you know how to use it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There is it can a learning be frustrating.
2: Curve. There's a learning curve, just like anything that does its job really well. But I, the way that I use it is I get the drum to sound as close as, as I can make it with my ear. And then I fine tune from there. What I don't do is put the tune bot on a slack head and start tuning it up. Uh-huh. I get the drum feeling and sounding how I like it. And then I, f- I've always said they should rename it the fine tune bot because it's for fine tuning and it's Awesome at that, and then your yeah. drum you just at least you know, okay, this is the maximum capability of this drum at this tuning range. This is w- what it can do if it's flawlessly in tune. And uh, and I really, I really like it a lot. And I just, like I said, I haven't used it in a while. I do have the newest version, and they've simplified it a lot. The um, studio, TuneBot Studio, yeah, 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 yeah. That and I, I just, it, it's you know, it's worth it. And especially if you're doing something where you're gigging a lot or you're tracking, it's just worth it to. Get your drums how you want them, you dig them, and then just throw that thing on, go around real quick, and really dial it in, and then you just know, cool, no weird frequencies. So, yeah, TuneBot is my pick of the week. I recommend All it. right, buddy. Well, everyone, we please keep, yeah, uh, if you can. <laughs>
1: Give us a five-star rating. Remember here to hear. Uh, <laughs> oh, I have to shamelessly plug again that the Midwest Rhythm Summit is April 20th through the 22nd. I'm going to be nice. there for those three days. Uh, more than likely doing a master class on that Saturday. Uh, you can go to MidwestRhythmSummit.org to get more info. I think it's like 20 bucks for the whole thing. So if you're in the Detroit really? area or that, um, what is the college, Terra State Community College area, please come down and hang out. It'd be great to see you.
2: And show Mike that you paid for the full version of the Metro Timer or the Pro metronome <laughs> Pro Pro. Metro. <laughs> Dude, I literally have like a hundred of them on my phone. And all I care about, it's not the functionality. I just care about the sound. I can't yeah. stand... Stow- I, I like a specific metronome sound, so I'm always searching for the perfect one. Alright, everybody. Have a fantastic week. You can keep sending in your questions to mdinfo at moderndrummer.com. Review uh, the podcast wherever you're listening. Did I get it wrong? No, we totally forgot to... Talk about our
1: intro <laughs> intro groove.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, he killed it. That was Luke. That's my man Luke. <laughs> totally uh,
1: forgot. Okay, the intro uh, was Luke. Um, crap. And Lord Luke was like, going Luke. through
2: like a Neve board. And <laughs> yeah. He was going in, man. So that was yeah.
1: Luke. And then we're gonna end the show with Jason Reeve, my buddy over in the UK. He did the opposite. He's got a single mic that's going through, um, I guess it's straight into his his phone. He's got a, I love a it. single I love condenser. That ba- I love that bass drum compression that happens when you oh, do yeah. that. Right, yeah. He's using a Pearl Sense Tone snare, some new beat hi-hats, a 20-inch sonar kick, and he says a very grumpy old Pisces 602. So let's, let's kick the show out the door with Jason. Crushing it in 2018.
2: (laughs) Mike and Mike. Uh.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator